Craft Beer Radio episode 230, 1030 p.m. on December 8th, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we have beer, 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 beer. We're going for some beer. Yes. Lovely, lovely beer. Speaking of lovely, lovely beer, we have a bunch of uh, a bunch of dark ones for the most part tonight. Yeah, yeah, some of them are from Texas. They're like the last of those Texas shipments mm-hmm. we got from John and from that other guy. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll look it up. Yeah. I'll look it up after when uh, Greg is telling you about this beer. This is the Santa Fe Nut Brown Santa Ale. Santa Fe Nut Brown Ale from New Mexico. So this is available year-round. Is the starting gravity of 13.5 degrees Plato, ending gravity of 3.8 degrees Plato. Malted with two-row pale 30 to 37 uh, icarastin and chocolate malts, hot with lamet, and the housed ale yeast with an alcohol content of about 5.2%. This is a major medal winner. It has won the uh, Brownell Championship, the U.S. Beer Tasting Championship, and the Rockies Southwest Regional Championship in 2012 and 2011. New Mexico State Fair won the gold medal in 2011, the New Mexico State Fair silver medal in 2010 and 2008, uh, 2007 silver medal for Brownell for the North American Beer Corporation, uh, 2007 Rockies Southwest Regional Champion Brown Ale, 2007 Silver Medal, New Mexico State Fair, 2001 People's Choice Awards and Angel Fire Beer Festival, and the 1991 Bronze Medal in the good old Great American Beer Festival. All right, this came from Dale. Dale. I was going to say Dale, but I wasn't sure. Because I thought, Dale, but that's Dale's pale. I'm confused. I was confused. Because I was thinking Dale, too. But one of my co-workers works in... Texas. Now, this was New Mexico, but works in Texas. His name is Dale, so part of me was thinking, oh, it's the guy I work with. Mm. Nice, dark color. Very clear. If you hold it up to the light, though, it's it's a very clear beer, but it's a it's a kind of a... It's definitely cola color, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Cola with a little bit of copper in there. It's got a nice kind of brown sugary aroma, which you like from, from brown ales. Touch of roasty. You know, you get that uh, touch of just a touch, just enough to to get it to a little, a, a tiny bit of astringency, not too much. It smells good though, yeah. It has a nice bready nutmeg, sweet, and then touch of roast in the aroma. Go into the flavor. You just think that they're using Willamette and solely Willamette hops in this. It's drier than the nose. You know, mm. makes you think it's going to be. It finishes pretty dry, at least that first sip does. Where the nose smelled, made it smell like it was more of a full-bodied multi beer. I kind of like the Willamette here because it it gives you a it's a it's a relatively mid-range alpha acid hop, but it, it doesn't give you a bunch of the the fruity notes like Cascade or something like that. So you kind of get this slight tang, but is really balanced by the uh, the maltiness, uh, and it gives it just enough balance to, like you said, it finish pretty dry. It has a lot of this dark 
roast or not roasty but toasty flavors to it lots of bread crust it does have some roast to it it almost reminds me a bit you know like a touch of like just a little bit of porter was added to it yeah yeah because i was tasting a little bit of raisin a little bit of date something along those lines and that's typically stuff you expect to find in porters this you know might you know if we you know get out the descriptions, it might stack up well against the brown porter category instead of the robust porter category. You know because yes, there's brown porter is kind of the, the gateway between brown ales and porters, and you know this definitely has some characteristics of both. So this might stack up well in that category. So the I, I tasted a lot of the the while I'm at there, and it kind of is a is a very rindy grapefruit. Is the closest I'd come to it, so it's less juicy and more rindy. Um, but I like what it's doing here. I like the way it's doing this class. And if you're curious about lacing, we never really talk about it, but this does have some very nice lacing on it too. You mentioned the hops a couple times. I haven't really got there yet, but yeah, certainly it does have some interesting. I can see why this one won awards. I mean, this is a really, really high quality brown ale. This is uh, the style that brought me into craft beer, I think. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. But this is this was my gateway was brown ales. And this is an exceptionally good brown ale. Okay, so for the flavor... Jeff is reading from the BJCP guide. Yeah, brown porter here. Let me make my fonts a little bit bigger so I can see it and stay on microphone. Uh, the malt flavor includes a mild to moderate roastiness, frequently with a chocolate character. An often significant caramel, nutty, and or toffee character. He's hmm. character a lot in that sentence. There's, there's not so much of that. I mean, I'm not really getting the chocolate and toffee notes. It's slight mm-hmm. toasty. Okay. And there's chocolate malt in here, but it's not a lot of chocolate flavor. Secondary flavors could be coffee, licorice, biscuits, or toast in support. Those are primary here. Should not be accurate or burnt or harsh. It's not. Alright, so that's the brown porter. If we have time. So it's sort of a more caramelly toffee thing with a brown porter, whereas this is more toasted malts. Mm-hmm. Um you know, less licorice, less of that stuff. Slight fruitiness in in the um in the bottom of, of this beer. It's, uh, it's finding its way out of my glass rather quickly. <laughs> it's a very easy drinking beer. At 5.2%, you can get fooled by this one. So uh, watch it. You don't taste that alcohol in this at all. And 5.2 is, is above sessionable. So, you know, a couple of these and you'll be flying high. Yeah, it's just, you know, just slightly above. That was good. That was really good. That was, I mean... It's not often you expect a brown ale to wow you or excite you, you know, and this one's pretty good. This one's one to look forward to. It's just one, is, I mean, yeah, I'd, I've had brown ales, lots of them, and this one is really one of the best ones I've had. Absolutely. World class, I'd say. All right. Okay, we won't do that. That's the... The, Jeff broke the quad. I think that's that's Is that the quad. That's <laughs> yeah. the last. That's eleven percent. Right. 
So our next one is uh, from good old St. Arnold Brewing Company, Texas Oldest's. Texas's? <laughs> Texas Oldest's? That works. Texas's Oldest Craft Brewery. This is their Divine Reserve number 12. It is an old ale. Nice. It is, uh, they only made 3,200 cases. 682 cases of 22 ounces. This is a 12 ounce. Uh, so they brewed it on May 16, 2012, and bottled it on July 20th of 2012. Original gravity of 1.09, final gravity of 1.018, which gives an alcohol of 10% and IBUs of 50. They should work some more 12s in, you know, since it's reserved 12. It's a 12 ounce bottle. Maybe they tried. In 2012. <laughs> It would have been nice if the ABV was 12%. Right. And <laughs> pours a... Um, this is more of the orangey yeah. old ales than a darker brownish Orangey. One. There's copper, a little rust in there. But man, smell that. Dates and cherries. No, oh, there's that big, rich... Mm. <laughs> Malty slash boozy aroma it just oh sucks you in. Mm, one of my favorite styles. Mm. Just smell that. It smells like a like a date syrup. Mm. Smells delicious. Well, I guess we should try a taste. This is this is pour is pretty clear. I would say. Yep. Bottle conditioned. Mine's a little cloudy. Mm. So pretty clear. Pour gently. Mine's a fair amount cloudier than Greg's. See, brighter than most uh, the most old ales. I'm getting a lot of strawberry. Yeah, it still seems like there's still a fair amount of. Well, it doesn't taste like you know particularly hoppy beer. It seems like the hops are still pretty pretty bright in there. Strawberry works out good. It's still big, sweet dates. Can I uh, take a sip out of your glass? Yeah, yeah. I want to see if the yeast in mine is changing it at all. A little. Kind of like mine better. A little bit fuller. Yeah, yeah. Yours is a little bit better. There's a little. There's a little uh, dregs in there if you want to. Sure, mine is um, up your beer. So yeah, I would say that. See if you can get a little bit of. Of yeast in this sucker because it actually makes it slightly muddier, but I think it brings out a little bit more flavor too. The flavor uh, is actually more akin to we have actually honeydew and cantaloupe here. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of that. That's what my, my eyes are being drawn to. Okay, that sort of uh, sort of somewhat bright melony flavor. Yeah, I mean, I think strawberries, when you said strawberries, are spot on. And dates also. I keep going back to dates, but there's something more lively than just dates. And I yeah. think, you know, that's where the strawberries come into play, too. This is tasty, too. This is good stuff. <clears throat> you didn't get to try the um, old ale from the Church Brew Works. No, I did not. And uh, that was... No. Well, I mean... Can only do it. Uh, yeah, I know you're. You know you got other benefits, but they had that. You know, had fifty this, pounds. By the way, fifty pounds. 50 congratulations. Pounds. Still going, but yeah, fifty pounds, and I can have one day where I can eat everything I want. Is there a better diet? I don't think so. 
That's wow, fifty pounds. Congratulations, Greg. Thank you. That's how much you know I lost in my you know total. So more to go, more to come. Keep it up. Um, that was a fantastic old ale too, and the price. I think they filled my growler for. It was either eight or twelve bucks. That's pretty good. And that, that, that was one that won at the uh, <laughs> yes, it won the GBF. So that's yeah. why they they had it again. They had it on, and you know, I, I asked um, my waiter. I'm like, two questions: Will you fill me a growler, and can I afford it? And it, he just charged me regular growler price. I'm like, okay. I wish I had more than one glass bottle. Yeah, you should have bought a growler. You got <laughs> more. Should have. Yeah, it was so good. Heather was helping me drink that up. Really, she liked it. She likes. I, I find that if uh, I order the strongest beer on the menu, she'll like it. <laughs> just you know, just because not just because it's strong, but you know those kinds of flavors, the big multi flavors. You know, those are the things. She it's, likes. it's a lot like my mother. My mother is not into the hoppy stuff, mm-hmm. but she digs the dark beers. Uh, she really is into you know a, a big dark stout or a big dark porter. She loves those. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm wondering if, if you can trick her with a with a black IPA or something. <laughs> mm. Getting to be that time of year. I uh, this is a Christmas gift for the show for us, but there's more to come. But this is a Christmas gift for me. What, the watch. The watch. Yes. Okay. It's a nice looking watch, right? Mm-hmm. Bought it on Black Monday for twenty bucks. Nice. <laughs> I uh, haven't been able to wear a watch Cyber since Monday, I've been was. working on computers and stuff. It just you know the keyboard just yeah bugs me. So if I if it bugs me, it takes me off. But I actually, I kind of like having a watch because I keep I kept looking at my wrist all the time and not having something there, and I wanted something that was that looked kind of cool, but also did not want to spend. Like two hundred, three hundred dollars for it. So I got this Casio one that lights up, mm-hmm. and it has a digital readout plus the regular thing. So I don't have to actually have to look at it to <laughs> and, to and do the calculation in my mind. What is that? Figure out how to read the analog yeah. clock. Because who needs that work? But it still kind of looks cool without that. So, but then you can just make up ridiculous fractions when people ask you what time it is. You know, it's. Uh, I've gotten better at that. You know, I I have tried, you know, for the longest time I was not able to do that. And somebody asked me what time it is, I'd calculate it to the nearest minute. And I've gotten better at saying it's a quarter till or you know, half past or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now nobody uses that because they're on digital clocks. And right. They, they just tell you the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a clock on their computer and their phone. Mm. That was the St. Arnold's Divine Twelve, D- Divine Reserve Twelve, and wow, very good. Wow, that was awesome. I'm not willing to say it was the best beer of the night so far, though. I will. Okay, <laughs> so far. Let's do this Convict Hill. Okay, so this is from the uh, Independence Brewing Company in Austin, Texas. This is their Convict Hill Oatmeal Stout. It is original gravity, 19 degrees Play-Doh, 55 IBUs, yeasted with American ale, 
and Chico yeast, so double yeasted, nugget hops, well, that should be interesting, uh, malted with American two-row, English roasted barley, Belgian chocolate, and flaked oats, available year-round, and it is an 8% alcohol by volume oatmeal stout. Belgian chocolate? I didn't know that. This will be, I'm pretty sure, the first beer we've had from Independence Brewing. You have a chain gang on the uh, label. It says Con Convict Hill, yep. so I mean, you imagine has something to do with a prison somewhere. Yep. There's nothing about the story of why it's called. I, I imagine there must be a Convict Hill in Austin or something along that line. If only we had a tool at our. You know, that we could utilize to, to yeah, find... That's crazy something. talk, man. What is this? <laughs> what is this, 2000? <laughs> okay, black, pitch black. The oatmeal typically, you know, will really put the opaqueness into a beer. Like, you hold it up to the light, you still don't get nothing through it. I'm smelling... Roasty... And a bit of a of a kind of tang that comes with Belgian chocolate when it gets um, fermented, or you know, just barely fermented, mm -hmm. like it does. Yeah, there's a little bit of of chocolate in there. I'm trying to figure out what words to put to it. It, it. It's definitely not a sweet chocolate smell. It's more of a a chocolate syrup right type thing, or you know, maybe a a baker's chocolate, and then see I'm not sure if the, hmm. the I'm not sure if the oats are making themselves known in the in the aroma or if I just want to smell oats in the aroma because it's on the label well I wouldn't have I known I don't know if I would have picked out that Belgian chocolate thing if I didn't read it there so it's a similar thing you know mm -hmm. once you're informed you know what to look for hmm very creamy, very full mouthfeel. Bitter, though. The hops are still pretty potent in here. They it are bitters. nugget hops, like I said. That, that When I said nugget, you heard my voice drop a bit. Really? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of nugget hops, particularly when it's the only hop being used. I think that it's an overpowering hop that uh, that tends to assert itself where it doesn't belong. I think it's, it's useful as a bittering hop when used with other ingredients. As a full-on hop, I find it to be uh, a little, like I said, overpowering, and it kind of wrestles the attention away from other ingredients. It uh, yeah, it certainly has some bitterness still. You know, the hops are still nice and bright in there. It doesn't really take away from the oatmeal, but it makes the chocolate hard to find in the flavor. I think, I'm not sure about this, and I'm not willing to jump back 230 shows to, to know this for certain, but I don't think I've had a nugget of beer that I felt used the nugget well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, the one with the nugget in the name, right? The Drugs Nugget, nugget nectar. nectar. Way too much. Oh, really? Okay. Every time Nugget... I mean, I think that Latitude had a Nugget one that I didn't like at all. I don't remember the individuals. Um, there's some uh, interesting... Speaking of Sam Adams, I just 
picked up a case. Their winter variety pack has six different beers in it. They have a new um, Christmas white. It's a wheat beer with uh, some other spices added to it. I haven't tasted it yet. Uh, the six pack also has the Fezziwig, the Holiday Porter, the Chocolate Bock, the Winter Lager, and the Boston Lager. It's a nice six pack. Or a nice case. Speaking of, of other spices, when you're drinking this, I want you to think of, and I don't want you to try to detect it, I want you to think of the flavor of orange peel while you have a sip. Just think of the flavor of orange peel, have a sip of this. Now, I think it's a weird brain practice, but I think sort of just playing up the thinking of orange peel brings a kind of notion of that to the flavor. The the only real thing that I got, you know, when I'm imagining orange peel, closed my eyes and took a sip, as I got a lot, I noticed carbonation a lot more. Okay. Um, that's my, that's how, it, that's how your experiment, that's what I got out of it, is it tasted like, it tastes like a Belgian triple carbonation. It just hmm. tasted super carbonated that time for some reason. I, I don't know. Your mind plays tricks on you. Like all I could taste was fizzy fun. Wow, that's that, that's interesting. This is this is post show conversation, but there's a lot to talk about with with regards to that and and other things. But anyway, back to the beer. I I I just kind of wish I use a, a. I'm I'm sure Nugget were nice and cheap. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to make any suppositions on why they use Nugget. I I think they went a, a little aggressive on the hop schedule, and I, it, it's nice having some some balance put into an oatmeal stout where it's not just all chocolate and oats. But this one is a little heavier than balance. This one is a, a little bit forward, and it, I'm not sure it works all that well. I'm really you know I I want to enjoy this because I'm a big fan of oatmeal stouts, but. Those nugget hops are coloring my perception. And I'm still not taste. I mean, who knows what the chocolate's providing that isn't straight-out flavor. But I could smell chocolate, but I can't taste chocolate. The hops are so potent, the I can barely taste... The hops are very the strong hops, here. The hops are building, and they're so potent, I can barely taste the oats, let alone the chocolate. So it's, it's definitely interesting. But um, yeah, for for you know, Greg and my palate, it's it's definitely not one we're gonna be trying to homebrew. <laughs> A warning to brewers: if you want us to like your beer, don't use solely nugget. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I won't. I won't put that one out there for me. I'm open minded, but uh, this one. No, yeah. I'm, I'm open minded, but I'm saying that. If if Improved if your beer. goal is is for us to like your beer, which should not be your goal. <laughs> I mean, come on, your goal is to sell beer, and and for you to make beer that you like. But if your goal is for us to like it, you're probably going to do better not having nugget in your beer, or at least tempering nugget with other stuff. Or you better know how to use it. <laughs> That's the, my point. Yeah. All right. So. Um... That was the Convict Hill. 
That was the hoppy. I think. Yeah. I mean, just nugget or not, that's definitely the hoppiest oatmeal stout I've ever had. No question about I it. I can't think of another oatmeal stout that had a significant hop character. We did finish it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. There's nothing. There was no flaws. It was just. A, we had two fantastic beers beforehand, and so mm-hmm. it had a lot to live up to, and it didn't. Well, I mean, my complaint is I felt that the hops took away from the name of the beer, the oatmeal stout. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was almost like, uh, you know, we've, you know, I think maybe we've had one or one, maybe two of the oated IPAs, you know. This is just a oated IPA stout, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, well, it goes back to one of those things my mother would probably dislike. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one you picked up. Recently, I believe. Yes, this is. Uh, I actually picked this up here in Pennsylvania because this is kind of sort of what we were going with for the pepper beer. This is a. Um, this is a New Holland Brews El Mole Oco. Ocho. ocho. Why did I say Oco? I know Ocho. It's Spanish. El Mole Ocho Mexican Spiced Ale. Uh, 22 degrees, Play-Doh, 8% alcohol by volume. I never noticed the L. I always thought it was just Mole Ocho, but it's the the, the Pepper 8. So Mole is um, a chocolate pepper yes. sauce. It's a, it's a savory dish in Mexican cuisine that's made with chocolate and hot peppers. So they mentioned here the um, marketing speak, um, dried chilies, marketing speak, pair it with, <laughs> wow. with poultry, red meat, or dark chocolate. When you say we should want about your little pepper extraction tool, and that might actually kind of work to give a little bit of pepper, but there's nothing quite like the aroma that you get out of this. Give this a, a whiff. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's dried, that's the aroma of dried chilies. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, you know, some dried poblanos or something, you know, soaking in, in secondary. Almost, it, it almost smells like a pepper jack cheese or something like that. But it, it so, there's a, pepper. so there's a couple of things and Greg and I are going to, you know, rewind back to the homebrew show where we talked about how we did the extracts. What the peppers that we used for that, I, I took some vodka and I took some chipotle peppers that were in adobo sauce. So they were moistened. They weren't dried. Right. And they gave off a pretty good heat to know I got a nice extract out of it. But when you smell this, you think the crispy dried, you know, dried over a fire poblano type type smell. Mm-hmm. Even, I think of the smaller chilies, actually. I'm thinking of like the, you know, small sort of fingerling chilies, something okay. like that. Little Mexican red chilies. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking of. It smells smells uh, pretty pretty good. Great great pepper mm-hmm. aroma on this thing. I mean, no complaints on on what that peppering of the beer is delivering on the aroma. We should have used Ring of Fire to introduce this show. <laughs> 
Speaking of Ring of Fire, oh, what would I give to try that beer again? Oh, man. Ring of Fire was a beer we had a while back. Iron Hill Brewery is Ring of Fire Porter made with Tabasco. It was, yeah. So, you know, you can put beer in barrels. So what kind of barrels are there? Of course, there's bourbon barrels and wine barrels. You know, the guys and founders found maple syrup barrels for the Canadian Breakfast Stout, which is a pretty interesting beer. And the guys at Iron Hill, they bought a Tabasco barrel. Because they, they do Tabasco peppers yeah. aging. Ferment, they ferment the peppers, right? They mm-hmm. ferment those in wooden barrels. They bought a Tabasco barrel. They put some porter in it. It turned out so hot. They had to, they, didn't they have to make it like 10% or something? They had it? to like blend it out like 10 to 1 yeah. to like unpepper porter. And <laughs> we've had it twice and two bottles. They came in little with like 330 milliliter wine bottles. And... Um, First one was amazing. Second one was good. I don't remember the second one. I they, remember the first. I, I they only had it twice. But they had some, they had some carbonation issues. They had some that were like practically bottle bombs that would like, you know, shoot up to the ceiling when you took the cork out and stuff. So, it was a. I think it was probably a production nightmare. That's probably why it's not too available. But oh my goodness! Well, it was only made once, right? I mean, um, not sure. I mean, they had the barrel, right? And, and a 10 to 1 knockout of, of the barrel aged beer. Yeah. So. But still, it, it was that first. I, I, I remember the first time having it, but man, that was so good. It was this it was decadent, hot. beautiful porter mixed with just, just the right amount of spice. It was. It, well, it was, it was a hot beer, too. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times you don't need to have a hot pepper beer to enjoy it. Right, a lot of times you just want the pepper flavor, and you know, hot pepper beers. You start thinking like, you know, Crazy Ed's Cave Creek Chili, which is yeah. just hot and gross. This was a, a hot beer, but it was so good. <laughs> okay, Mole Ocho. Let's get back to today, since that was like three and a half years ago that we had Ring of Fire. Uh, that was CBR one twenty two. If you're curious. Are you Philly beer wise? Where we had Iron Hill Ring of Fire. That was the second time we had it. That was. Yep. The first one we got was from the. It was from um, Brian, who does. Oh, I can't think of the name of his his blog. Crap. We both put Ring of Fire number one on one twenty two. So we must have liked it very I'm much. I'm sure we liked it very much, but um and maybe it was just as good. But we, yeah, we actually had it on two different shows. You say so. Uh, I, I didn't find another one in the search. So Alright. Anyway. I think just mine may be going. All the kids are, are no, replacing no. craft beer from oh, the brain. No, not not that beer. Anyway, mm. Mole Ocho. Smells wonderful. The pepper taste is less apparent in the flavor, which is probably what they were going for. I mean, I'm sure they didn't want it to be a big... I don't think they'd want to go for a beer as hot. Yeah. Like a beer that you'd actually have to slow down and like, mm-hmm. portion it out because it's getting too hot for you. There's not too much heat in the flavor. Not much at all. Hardly any. It's more kind of coffee and, and uh, sort of vanilla and... It's kind of like a Bach base. You know, it doesn't kind of taste like a Bach to you? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, along those lines. 
I think it's an ale, not a lager, but it's it's it kind of kind of got a bockish mm-hmm. uh, thing to it, which is kind of a it, it's kind of oversweet in a good way. But I mean, it's just it's, it's a little sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a sweetness there that isn't really. It's like sweet for sweet and not sweet for anything right. um, productive. You know, there's not like a, hey, I really dig that. It's just like, well, that's a little sweet. Dead air, dead air, dead air. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to think of what I'll say about this. The, I, you know, I've had this in the past. And, and There's the chilies, I got them. Had to, had to give some okay. time okay. to let it sit. And, you know, unfortunately, it does cause that air. But I had to give it some time to let it sit on my tongue and bring those that chili flavor out. And they came out. And they're interesting. They've got, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're really there in the background to provide a, a, a tertiary, really supporting mm-hmm. flavor. But it's nice. It gives it a, a nice, just barely, you know, capsaicin little jumpiness under your tongue. Just brightens it up a bit. It's probably why it tastes sweet, mm-hmm. because the capsaicin is bringing. I mean, capsaicin is kind of like salt; it brings out other flavors. It, uh, yeah. If you take the beer and hold it like in your mouth or swish it around a little bit, it does bring out the heat. It does give it a little more balance to it. You know, it doesn't. It's not that sweet for sweet's sake. I like it. I don't know if this is what I'm actually going for with the porter. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. Um, it, I mean, is it, is it mole-like? I think the, a better mole would be more chocolatey, yeah. so a little bit more spicy. So instead of Bach, similar to Bach, but, you know, in Mexico, you know, a lot of Germans, you know, went to Mexico. So a, a style of beer like uh, Negro Modelo is a Vienna lager. Mm-hmm. So think of, you know, a sweeter Vienna lager, you know, so it's kind of balky, but, you know, maybe that's, that would make more sense historically why they picked that base of a beer. Now, you said it's an ale, so, but maybe they use some, some Vienna malts or something like that, some Munich malts in this beer. They don't tell me, I mean, on their site, I mean, this is New Holland, they're... They're in Michigan, so mm-hmm. I don't think exactly think they're going for Mexican style. Well, I think they are. With I mean, mole. Well, a mole is is. <laughs> it's definitely Mexican. I mean, you got the mole. You got the the pepper is this distinctly Mexican type pepper yes. aroma and flavor. The it, it they say it's an ale, but it has a distinctly lagery, you know, Vienna Munich malt type character. I think it's a. I think that's what they're going for. There's a QR code on the back. My phone is uh, sitting in a Ziploc bag filled with desiccant and rice because Allison filled water on my phone today. So you want me to scan? <clears throat> it probably just goes to NewHoland.com, be my guess. Probably does. I got a text message from some 901 number. A blank text message. That's interesting. I keep getting text messages, messages telling me that I've won all kinds of fantastic stuff. <laughs> Let's see here. Let me find my laser app. Okay. And let's see. Scanning. Okay. 
yes, go to this site, which I believe is simply the site that I have that's going to be on on the web page. In fact, it looks exactly like the site they're going to have on the web page. So, yeah. Just go to the site we have for the listing. (laughs) That's exactly what's on the QR code. All right. I'm taking the cage off the last beer. It is a Belgian that Greg bought. This is the Straf Hendrik Bruges Quadruple Ale. 11 degrees. 11%. On the label it says degree. Uh, De Helvman Brewery, Bruges, Belgium, Anno, 1856. On, on one of these specialty beer store sites to say this this beer is a super whoa Cajun corked obviously. This beer is a super rare find in the US. Woohoo. Woohoo. It just it was a VE, so there you go. This is a quadruple. A quadruple is a Belgian style that is sort of a double double. That's a good way to put it, yeah. I mean Belgian Abbey, you know, the style that's known for the monks that make it. Um, yeah, it's bigger double. It's going to be malty and bready, raisins, plums, figs, Look at all the, the foam on this, like a finger, two fingers worth this really uh, cl- um, this bubbly head. Hmm. Okay. All right. To go from peppers to this, it's hard because the peppers sort of mute your your ability to mm. smell other things. So I'm very smelling old sweet. So the family that owns the brewery now has owned it since 1856. But the uh, town archives in Bruges uh, mentioned first mentioned the brewery in 1546. <laughs> like time scales Americans can't even fathom. You yeah, know? yeah, seriously. That's back when they were like sleeping next to their shit. I mean, that's. <laughs> okay. I'm giving a little bit of a warm up here in my hands. We should mention about these glasses, these glasses that we love. Oh. Give a plug to our. Favorite sponsor that we wish we had? Spiegel out glasses. <laughs> However, I just we encountered a problem. Three of them are no more. One of them broke the stem off. So actually, only one glass broke completely. Mm-hmm. But I have two other glasses with no base. Right, the stems broke off. Of the them. one stem broke off crazy. They were sitting up by the sink, getting ready to be washed. And I was just pushing stuff around so another glass just kind of tapped into the glass like no harder than I'm not going to do it because I don't want another stem yeah. to break off I'll use the plastic glass but great it's like no harder than this right and, and the stem just the stem cracked off Clearly, I mean that's the thing about the glasses this thin and really well, yeah that thin 
Yours is a little flat. You don't have you have too much beer in there. Drink a little bit. Yeah, this thin and yeah, and and has this kind. Of, I think that there are stresses upon it when you put mm. you know various various fluids inside of it, and so those stresses can build. And you know, I think these glasses have a shelf life, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, super thin glass. They're the best glasses. Um, they're the sponsors that savor um, Spiegelau. And if you go on their website, you can see their glasses, and they're expensive. They're like $15 for two, or maybe even more than that. I, I've said this before, where, you know, like, you know, ever since we started Craft Beer, I'm like, oh, it'd be awesome to have a sponsor, but who, you know, I wouldn't want a brewery to sponsor us, you know, because the whole conflict of interest <laughs> right. thing, right? But, like, so who could sponsor us where it would actually make sense? And, you know, it'd have to be something where we love their product and it would not be a beer. And, really, there's two companies. There's Spielglau and there's Xylus. Yeah. You know, the stoppers for the for the bottles. You know, if I could get those two sponsors, that would be fantastic. Go ahead and work on it. I should. Ooh. Well. You didn't even talk about the aroma. You're already drinking? Yeah, I, Skip it I ahead. jumped right to it. Because all I could smell was sweet. I, I really couldn't smell anything else. Aroma is neat. The first couple of sips was weird. I was getting kind of sips. a... Or sniffs. Sips. Nose, nose sips. <laughs> <laughs> the first couple of nose sips. I was getting... <laughs> oh, yeah. Nose sip. Coined it. I'm going to patent that there phrase. There you go. Go for it. Um... Where was I? The first couple sips. So there was something something interesting going on there, where I wasn't just getting you know your normal beer flavors. I was getting something a little bit like uh, chalk or granite, maybe. I was getting some kind of rocky, like like stone, like mineral type, limestone type thing, limestone maybe. And, Sorry, and, I'm changing my bag. Go on. In the aroma, I'm still getting some of that mineral type aroma. Um, not really limestone, I'm, you know, granite. I'm going to have to go granite, and this is a great segue. Um, if you say so. Well, it's going to be a forced segue, but it's going to be great when I get done with it, so give me a break, man. <laughs> I'm waiting. So We're all waiting. We've ta- I told the story before, but it, you know, because I'm actually smelling it now, when we were you know, learning to do the show... I'm sorry... Wait, am I boring you? No, no, go on, go on. I'm, I was looking at something and I was like, no, that's not it. So, no, go, okay. Yeah. When we were learning to do the show, you know, we were trying to come up with vocabulary for things. And, you know, most of our vocabulary is foodstuffs, right? Yes. Because we're tasting beer, we taste foodstuffs. And then, you know, we started pulling in things that were not foodstuffs. You know, most famously, cat pee, right? Yeah, well, I guess it could be a foodstuff if you're that crazy. <laughs> but generally not. And, you know, I read a blog post from Lou Bryson, this was a long time ago, where he was talking about, you know, non-food flavors, and he, he talked about, you know, he'll, you know, the first time he, he smelled a beer and smelled like fresh cracked granite. And just hearing that opened up my vocabulary to, hey, it doesn't have to be foodstuffs, it can be everything you smell. And it yeah. became fresh cracked granite. It became part of the lexicon. Now, I'm not saying I've that's never, a bad thing. Never, but I'm saying that it, it. I've never really been able to use granite until now. We've used granite before. Oh, have we? Yes. Okay. Well, this is the best example of of cracked granite. 
Not to me. Not to you. Well, Not to me. Maybe a uh, a baked apple pie, freshly cut open. Uh, I'm back. You know, so now that mineraly character has kind of evaporated, and I'm getting a lot more raisins and plums. You know, it, it's my figgy pudding. You know, it's um, sugar plums. It's visions of them dancing in your head. Oh, I make sugar plums every year now. I love those things. They're sticky, though. Your hands are really sticky making sugar plums. Yeah, sweet, some sort of sweet dessert. Maybe even like a tiramisu cover with a, with a uh, raspberry sauce. I don't know. Tiramisu is going to be pretty loaded, right, with all the coffee and stuff in there. Yeah. I'm not sure you'd want to go that way. No, I'm just, it's just aroma. I'm just talking aroma, not mm-hmm. talking about flavor. Okay. Flavor-wise, it's really, really datey, really, um, datey. <laughs> Lots of date character. Yes. Mmm. Mmm. Tons uh, of carbonation. I'm going to swirl, 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 just to try to get it a little less fizzy, because most of my tongue is just all bubbly with carbonation when I drink it. It did. The cork did pop with quite vigor. Mm. I I could tell it was kind of coming out of the bottle itself, so I held onto it so it didn't shoot up into the sky. The date's very sweet, golden raisins. Extremely sweet tomatoes. Something. <laughs> Something w- with substantial kind of pulp if, to it. If there's but fruit, you can name it. Like, I'm thinking I might get a little bit of ripe bananas. There's pear. I mean, just get all your mushy ripe fruits yeah. and blend them together. Right, yeah, and, and make a smoothie. And then pour some vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. You've basically got this beer. With seltzer water. Seltzer vodka. <laughs> I think we have a business idea. Isn't that Red Bull and vodka, basically? <laughs> Seltzer vodka and, like, Guavera or whatever else they put in there? Oh, there's a post-show thing. I'll note mm. to take. Mm. Interesting. Kind of... Very fruity, very sweet mixture of different flavors. Not my favorite quad I've ever had. I like a little bit of a darker quad. I like a quad with a little bit more darker flavors. Some molasses sort of, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, I'm working some of the carbonation out because it is very highly carbonated. Almost stunning. Or quad that have this much carbonation, um, I, I dig it. It, it. It's that it's a blend of all those dried dark fruits and, and ripe fruits in there. It's it's really good. 
It does. It finishes dry still. It has that dryness to it. It has that mineral character. It has that high carbonation, which scrubs it off your tongue. So it's it's not a sweet. It's, it's not, not a finishing corn. as dry for me, really. It's finishing. It, it's lingering on the tongue with some mm-hmm. sweetness. So I would say not quite so dry. At eleven percent, it's pretty strong. I feel like I'm I'm been encumbered right now. So I I'm not at my best for judging. Mm. Is this one of the ones that isn't worth the uh, sobriety? Is it worth your loss of sobriety for? Or? Well, it's the fact that we've oh. had four other beers beforehand. And, and most of them are it. big, right? We got yeah. 10%. We got 8%. 8%. We got, I forget what the Convict Hill was. It was pretty high. The, only, the, the brown ale was 52 yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just a fact of the matter is that I'm I'm, I'm a little bit less inclined. I think that I'm a little bit disabled and less, I'm less tasting the bitter stuff. I'm tasting more of the sweet stuff now. All right. So you, you want to rank this thing? Yeah, I do. All right, uh, I can go first because I know where I'm at. Uh, Saint Arnold's, Saint Arnold. I mean Arnold, <laughs> from Houston, Texas. Reserve twelve. Okay. Delicious first beer of the night, best beer of the night. Um, what do I have good to say about it? It's oh, it's just that old ale. It's just scrumptious. It's it's boozy and malty and and in, engaging. If I was stuck on a desert island and could only drink one style of beer forever, would you pick? Old ale on a <laughs> desert island? Well, if I was on a wintry island. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever need to be rescued by a St. Bernard with a barrel under his neck, I wouldn't be filled with old ale. Okay. How's that? Usually they fill sherry with water. What's that? The, the, the sherry thing is not true. Oh, is it really water? Uh, if anything, yeah. They wouldn't fill it with sherry. Sherry would make you go numb and die bad it's, a, it's an urban legend I'm not uh, you know well, I'm going to have to look that up yeah, I, look I it thought up. St. Bernard's actually did have booze but. no alright uh, number two I'm going to go with the, um, the, 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 the this, this one the Starafa Hendrick Bruges Quadruple Ale not the best quad that we've had like Greg said but um, hell of a quad actually um, mineral character was neat. Um, lots of, lots of great dark fruit flavors and ripe fruit flavors, and it it wasn't overpowering sweet. It had a nice dryness to it that I thought. Number three, the brown ale, from Santa Fe. That was really one of the better brown ales I've had in memory, not just recent memory, but memory. Yeah, that was I really mean, good. really it was it was fantastic. If you're looking for a, a great brown ale. I I put that up there with the um with the pecan oh. brown from Southern oh. from uh the, the Lazy Magnolia. Lazy Magnolia, yeah. Yeah, that was that's been a long time too. That was good. That was really <laughs> I good. I wish I could try that again. And then the last two, you know, we got the Mole Ocho and the Convict Hill. The Convict Hill was hoppy with nuggets, the Mole Ocho was Oh, so like what the I liked I liked the peppery aroma. From Mole Ocho. But you know what? Actually, I think the Convict Hill was more drinkable for me. I'm going to make that four. And then the Mole Ocho five. 
Wow. Uh, the Convict Hill was just more drinkable. I, I had a hard time drinking the Mole Ocho. It was just um, that 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 peppered Bach sweetness. Just it's kind of the opposite of drinkable for me. Didn't go down very smoothly. Wow. And this is one of those that uh, completely different in terms of of our rankings. Uh, my number one, and I think I said this at the beginning of the year, it'd be hard to beat, and it was that the, the Santa Fe Nuff Brown Ale was kind of the perfect brown ale. It really it nailed all the aspects of brown ale that I liked, and was just awesomely drinkable. It was it was really uh, like brown ale perfection. I can see why it won so many awards. You notice I didn't mention a bunch of other awards. The other ones won. They didn't either mention them on their sites, or they didn't win a lot. This one won a lot of awards and. Damn well should have, because that is an award-winning beer. I highly recommend it. The number two for me was Saint Arnold, which was just it was terrific. It was a beautiful old ale with lovely flavors, and uh, most other shows it would win full heart. But when it's going against uh, a you know perfection of a style in a bottle, uh, that's going to be a hard choice. And I think the perfection of a style kind of you know hit me. My number three one will be the the New Holland uh, Mole Ocho. I kind of liked it. I, I I appreciated the the little spice, especially when you let it sit and let it gather. You get the spice in your tongue, and and, and it definitely helped to to get some of the sweetness away. And it's not conducive necessarily to us doing the show because we had to talk all the time and fill dead air. But if you let it sit and let it let it uh, fester, it really does do its job. <laughs> Fester is, is a bad word, but it, but, it, but it works in this case. My number four is going to be the Strafa Hendrick Quadruple. Just a little bit sweet for a quadruple for me, I think. I was looking for more along the lines of just a little bit more chocolate, a little more dark fruity as opposed to bright fruity. And a little, just a little oversweet for me. But uh, definitely my Convict Hill is last because, I mean, you can't use Nugget for an oatmeal stout. If you're going to use Nugget, you don't make an IBU of 50 beer with it. Come on. This is this should be common sense, as far as I'm concerned. Come on, Independence Brewing. Let's go. That's my take. All right. Sounds good. Now it's time to go to the post show, where we will be tasting some Miracle Fruit Berries and all kinds of sour and bitter and other fun Sweet things. Sweet fruit. Yes. Bunch of different ones. All right. Awesome. <laughs> 